I'm Logan Crawford, and right now on Spotlight, we're speaking with John Edward Gauthier. He is the youngest in a large family who experienced <laughs> multiple profound losses at an early age. And he distills his unique spiritual journey and understanding of life-changing events in his insightful book. It is called Embracing Goodness, How Life Works. Through his narrative, he explores the interplay of faith, loss, and resilience, providing readers with a spiritual toolkit for navigating the trials of life. We're delighted to have John join us here today on Spotlight. We thank the folks at Atticus Publishing for helping us put him in the spotlight today. And we ask viewers like you to support writers like him by subscribing to our channel. John, thanks so much for being our guest today. Oh, thank you, Logan. It's great to be here. You went through an unbelievable loss. Um, and a lot of people might not ever recover from it. But you have you have found a way to embrace goodness. You have found a way to focus on the positive aspects of life. Um, the experience, of course, is that you lost five siblings, uh, which is just unbelievable. Um, how did you keep your faith? And how did you learn to move on or maybe not move on, but live with this profound impact on you? Uh, well, first, I would just say, uh, as so many people, you know, you don't choose uh, these things and, you know, they happen. And yeah. one of the things that I found in that course of my life, I lost a brother, Tom, when I was 12, sister Kathy, when I was 14, and three sisters and a cousin, actually, uh, in another car accident when I was 16. Yeah. And in that period, it was a very strange uh, circumstance where uh, bad things were happening and yet you sensed that God was present right. and it was so confounding. It, it was like, well, how can this be? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, you pray for the bad things don't happen. Uh, you pray for your family, you know, whatever. And then you're left with these circumstances. And I described it, you know, you know at that time you were, you were numb. And I think other people going through life changing experiences, uh, it's similar. And then oddly, over time, uh, you become calm. You know, you kind of go through that acceptance. Um, but right. it did start. It did start me on this uh, journey uh, that I didn't plan on, uh, but one that was like, okay, how do how do things work? And the subtitle, "How Life Works," is actually the working title for about ten years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my pastor got me to uh, uh, put it into a, a book. He saw the, the, the manuscript and uh, embracing goodness mm -hmm. is actually embracing God's mm -hmm. love. And oddly, it's a circumstance where uh, he loves us, uh, but he waits for us to respond. Mm -hmm. And in that regard, um, you, you find yourself, um, uh, oh, well, uh, sort of uh, reaching out uh, to figure out how things uh, put to, are put together. And I had a, a business trip uh, many years later. It was like over two decades later. And I was reading a book by St. Therese of Lisieux. Uh, the, she's uh, the little flower nickname. Uh, and I was reading her book and I thought, oh, there's so many beautiful things in this book. And her, her theme is doing little things with great love. And it, and it sort of tied so much of my experiences of my youth together, I thought it needed to be in some way uh, brought to more people in a more user-friendly format, kind of. Anyway, the plane shook, 
and I was left. Uh, it, it was this massive turbulence. It was so bad that uh, you know water and and coke and stuff was up on the ceiling. Uh, there was another passenger on the plane who actually uh, cut his head, and I, I remember seeing him in the baggage claim when we got to our destination. It was in Seattle, where uh, I almost wanted to apologize to him. You know, where it was like, you know, I, I kind of think I, I, I know why this happened, <laughs> but I didn't want to take claim. Well, anyway, fast forward, I didn't do anything. I wasn't a writer. This was a professional. And then it happened again a couple of years later. And on another plane ride, mm. where I had the same sort of thought, okay, I need to put this stuff down in, in writing. And so anyway, the, the, the part about that that was so haunting was that it was like, okay, I'm not going to wait forever. Mm. <laughs> and then I was left with, all right, I, I do need to uh, be earnest about this. And so it's 124 pages, uh, 70 chapters, which m might actually lead you to think, well, maybe there should, should be a thousand pages. Right. <laughs> but uh, in that sort of distillation and that sort of uh, asking God for help, because I didn't know where to go with this, uh, it, it came down to sort of life experiences. And so it's in kind of a parables uh, format, but very, very much approachable. And uh, um, I, I pub published it initially in 2011. Uh, that was Embracing Goodness. And then some updates uh, that occurred essentially through COVID where a number of uh, friends and others were helped so immensely by the book. And, and I was meanwhile reached out by, uh, by a publisher, hey, you should... Uh, published again. And so anyway, mm. Bracing Goodness, How Life Works, incorporates that original title, How Life Works with Embracing Goodness. And it really is a kind of a, a toolkit uh, for life-changing events. For me, it was through death, uh, but the sort of uh, different topics that are addressed and usefulness uh, is applicable, whether you've lost a job, going through illness, uh, have, uh, you know, loss of friendships to, uh, you know, uh, whatever it might be, right. you will really apply. Yeah. You mentioned prayer and action as key tools for managing life-altering circumstances. What do you mean by prayer and action? Well, oddly enough, uh, instinctively, we know we, we must act, but there's no way that we can act in a way that is consistent with his will without prayer. And yet we also know if you just simply pray, you know, it's like that whole adage of the or joke about the person. You know, it's like, you know, uh, you know why isn't God going to save me? And, he, and, he's, and you know, he's, there's like this massive flood. And he said, well, gosh, you know, I, I sent an a, a emergency crew. I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. You know, right. all he had to do was participate and be right. and he would have been rescued. <laughs> right. But he was asking for God to do it all by himself. Right. So, you know, it, it's prayer and action. Exactly. Exactly. It's as a news reporter, I have um, obviously covered, you know, catastrophic losses that people have gone through, whether it's a loss of a child from drowning or someone shot or and it does seem to me when I'm when I meet these people and I feel like, you know, what keeps them from running out into traffic and, and getting run over by cars is that the hand of the Lord seems to be on them and comforting them during that time. Mm -hmm. You know, because a peace kind of falls over them. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And he, he knows what you can handle. And, and oddly, uh, you don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you just, you suffer, you're suffering and you're going forward. 
Yet there are a couple of concepts that uh, you come to realize over time. Uh, one is that there's this aspect of, of heaven. I have a chapter, it's called Timelessness in Heaven. Mm-hmm. And oddly, uh, if you can imagine us living in existence where things happen, you wake up, there's the morning, there's the evening, there was last year, you know, there's next year. You know, we see things in that sequence. Well, you can imagine in a heavenly state where time doesn't really operate the same way. But all of a sudden, it's like, well, hold it. Uh, you know, as an example, a tornado hits or a tragedy of some sort, and somebody reaches out that you haven't even spoken to in years. And all of a sudden, you're thinking, what a strange occurrence, you know, that only because of this bad thing happening, that something good happens. Right. And uh, so anyway, that that and then uh, free will and, and, and time and time again, we are expected to help. Yeah. And, and, and that is a quandary for us because so many people think, oh, things are predetermined. You know, everything's just going to kind of happen. And yet there's this sort of interwovenness of our free will that actually creates this path of history. And, uh, and, it's, and it's literally a path to God, <laughs> which, <Yeah. laughs> which seems really confounding to people because they're, they're thinking, where are you? <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but, you, uh, you know what? How do people or how should a person stop from being angry with God when they have a loss? You know, because that's a reaction some people have too. It's God, how could you let this happen? Yeah. And well, in an odd way, that's that's not only natural, it's necessary. Yeah. You know, this, this is part of that, uh, I guess, conversion where all of a sudden we realize we're not in charge and yet we're expected to, to participate. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've found consistently is that in the end, it will be his will. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I, you know, this isn't a book about why, but it is a book about how. You know, how life works and and so but coming back to your original question you know about you know a person in that circumstance and they're, they're feeling that anger well it is natural mm-hmm. it is necessary but then oddly as they learn about how his time sequence and the, the good that you don't know that's going to come from this you know at a later point um there's this tension where we're literally communicating you can't take it anymore. Right. <laughs> and, and when that's communicated, it's actually oddly responded to. Mm. And, and so there, it, it's not without uh, impact. And so it's actually a good thing. It's not something that we enjoy in any way. And it's, an, it's a natural response. But then in this strange twist that only God could come up, come up with, I mean, think about it. His son died on the cross yeah. for our sins. Yeah. That would not have been my idea. <laughs> exactly, exactly. When you're looking for whys, try to figure out the why behind that, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah. So then what are you going through and how does that compare? And then you're like, right. well, ah, oh, gosh, you know, I guess if he thinks this way that I don't understand, then you're left with, well, a whole lot of things can come in between yeah. that aren't pleasant. But then uh, what what do we do? How do we change things? How do we uh, move forward? Yeah. I know your book is a great toolkit for helping people overcome a loss, any kind of loss, whether it's a loss of a spouse, 
through death, divorce, a child, whatever it might be, loss of a job, as you mentioned before. Have you thought about reaching perhaps a broader audience even by turning this into a series or a movie? Uh, you know, I have. And uh, I have a, a sort of an outline. Uh, it's really kind of a, a beautiful a sequence. Um, but what's unique about it, uh, it's kind of, you remember the old series, Touched by an Angel? Yep. Uh, it'd, be so, it'd be similar to that. Except that what would be unique about it is that they wouldn't be angels. Uh, but there are three persons that are involved and they come across different events. And yet the aspects of this that are recurring in these life-changing events and how you move forward, understanding that timelessness in heaven, uh, coming uh, you know, with that understanding of your free will and the importance of that and how you're not just a passive, you are a participant, you're not just a passive observer. And then lastly, that it uh, it leads to him, it's mm. a, it's our path to him, and uh, kind of sort uh, you know, of why that's so important. <clears throat> it just comes up in so many aspects of life, and uh, you know I I, I can uh, only sort of imagine the countless scenarios uh, that that would apply, and and it, and it re requires that sort of personal conversion, and yet oddly then without it being angels, without it being sort of, you know, divine beings, we're left with humanity as it is, which is these things happen, miracles happen, and it changes people, changes people. But other people, miracles happen, and it doesn't change them. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know, so exactly. it's, you know, it, it's like, uh, I describe it as, uh, uh, you know, miracle happens, somebody has great faith, and then about a year later, it's like, well, what have you done for me lately? Right, right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. The name of the book is Embracing Goodness, How Life Works. It is a toolkit, if you will, that will help you navigate the trials of life. It is beautifully written by a man who has experienced loss and has risen to the top anyway and has found joy and peace in God's love. John, thank you so much for joining us here today on Spotlight. Thank you, Logan. Pleasure is all mine. And to the folks at home, I'm Logan Crawford, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time, on Spotlight.